This episode of Nintendo Pod Block is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our Fennial podcast, head over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Black here on Boss Rush Games. Hello all my Elite Beat, I mean Elite Black Agents. I can't believe I haven't said wow. it in a long time and I got it wrong. Uh, Shocker. <laughs> everybody, this is going to be a mini block. I got my boss man right here, the one, the only, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello, bro. Hello. It's been a it's been an interesting week in video games. We'll have to say. Um, I feel like I feel like this. I feel like the FTC hearing of Xbox versus PlayStation has been way more compelling than anything shown during the summer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do. I thought we were on a high with last week's Nintendo Direct. Like I thought, like Nintendo killed it, and then this happened, and so the. Funny. the the things that came out I will say thank you to the Microsoft versus FTC court battle Nintendo has news because we got dragged into something that we didn't expect and we're going to give our opinions about it and we're going to be actually talking about also the possibility of Nintendo's next gen system yeah it's been uh, (laughs) a lot of uh CEOs are leaking or you know talking about the next Nintendo's successor to the Switch, which is very mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, and not in like great detail, right? But like you know, they kind of mentioned during this hearing that the next Nintendo console would be you know maybe as powerful or a little bit more powerful than a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One, which is also concerning <laughs> as a Nintendo and this, fan. And, and and that's where the legit part comes from, from yeah. what I said. But um, that'd be cool though, because we'll finally get the Zelda that looks like Horizon, and I'll be. And and, and I think I, when I, I was texting you um, when we was talking, I was just like, even if it gets to the level of a uh, Xbox One X, I would listen to be fine with that. And I was saying Josh Martinez on Jump Off Point, I was just like, even if Nintendo was able to get 1440p and some games, I don't need like I don't need 1440p though. I I need 1080p. That's all I need. I don't need 1440p. I need. Here's what I need. Here's what I need, Ed. I need. I need 60 frames a second. It can be 1080p. It can be 900p. I don't care. Get that frame rate up. Get those graphics up. I want a Zelda that looks like Horizon. Give it to me. And say we're going to be able to do that now. Okay. Yeah. We're not running on old Xbox 360 phone hardware. Okay. No. <laughs> Come on. Hold on. Did you, hold on. Did you, would you just shade you by saying 360 phone hardware? That's what I said. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're not running on an Engage here. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. <laughs> Windows, Windows phone. Child. <laughs> Literally, Corey, I was, I was thinking about, I hope he called the episode. I just want to tell him, name the episode, Child. <laughs> just don't you know, like a baby Mario or something. Because mm. this, oh, good, googly moogly. I, I, 
let's get into the next gen Nintendo since we're already there before we get into everything else. Because yeah. I think I'm, I think with the 1440p benefiting Nintendo themselves uh, outside of indies and third parties and stuff. Yes, I do want the 60 frames per second, and I think because of Nintendo's art style that they choose to do stuff in, I think it it the details that they give. Would actually fit a 1440p. I think. I, I think. Hold on. I think. Here's the thing. I think people confuse resolution with like texture mm-hmm. density and texture packages and stuff. Because you can have the prettiest 4K game, but it could be all polygons and stuff. But then, like, yeah. you get a game, you know, like Horizon that upscales to 1080p on a PlayStation 4, right? Like, that's a. Uh, in even Horizon Forbidden West you know it doesn't run at full 4k but like it's the texture Mm -hmm. density it's the textures on the characters it's the way that they're distributed it's the you know it's just to me it's not all about resolution it's about the textures that they are able to apply to the characters and the environments and and stuff that make it really stand out and so that's what i want to see from nintendo i want to see nintendo take the next step right like they've already done it in gameplay design countless times i want to see that graphical upgrade for nintendo i want to see and 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 i'm not talking mario and kirby and stuff right i'm talking like i'm talking zelda i'm talking metroid i'm talking star fox give me that ratchet and clank 4k fur on star fox right like give me one Mm -hmm. of those right it's just and and i think and i think with the new younger teams at nintendo I believe they can deliver that because like they've been playing other people's games and stuff. And I think with the power, with the more power that they have and everything, I literally feel like they can go into that direction of, of producing textures and graphics. That's like very realistic while still having that Nintendo feel. And everything. So I, that's why I said like 1440p would be good. If they want to do the up to 1440p and, or have it at 1080, great. But also like, yeah, give us that give us that 60 frames per second if needed. Nintendo knows how to do 60 frames per second. They can't well, act like they their, can't do it. I mean, all their games pretty much do except for Zelda, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I can't really think of any other Nintendo games that really... I mean, I guess... I guess if you're looking at something like Bayonetta or Astral Chain, but that's not really Nintendo proper. That's platinum. Like those games run yeah. at 30, but you know, Mario Kart runs at 60. Odyssey, I think runs at 60. Splatoon runs at 60. Uh, Kirby and Yoshi run at 60. So and Xenoblade, Xenoblade, I guess would be the other one that runs at 30, right? So yeah, uh, Xenoblade, yeah. I'm not. That would be so good with S60. Yeah, I mean, imagine like a new Xenoblade game or whatever Monolith works on next, and like a oh, with the it was just like a little bit more power of like the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. Oh my god! Yeah, I, and uh. and because how big those worlds are, and the way they you know do the draw distance, it's just having the animals and all of that moving around. Dude, I probably would like literally pass out. Like <laughs> you, you have to find another co-host or something or another host. Um, while my spirit just twirl in the world before it comes back into my body. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't know, man. I just, I think, I think it's pretty interesting. I also, uh, I'm not just talking about uh, what Bobby Kotick said during the 
FTC hearing with Microsoft, mm. right? Like use Guillermo. <coughs> uh, I don't know what just happened. It's fine. I'm going to survive. But uh, Ubisoft CEO came out and was talking about Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope and how it didn't sell as mm-hmm. well as the first one and how Nintendo advised him to wait a year or two uh, to release it on the next console, which means that that console is coming within the next year and a half, which puts it at around March 2025, which is exactly what I said it was. Uh, might at 25? Yeah. Uh, I think they want to get two more holidays out of this console. I think they want to, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you know, they, it also came out that they're using their, the Nintendo account on the next console, so you'll be able to move your account over safely and easily, I guess. Uh, That's, no, th- but, we're going, we're but, going to have a good discussion about that. You know what that tells me, though? Architecturally, at least. It tells me two things. One, it tells me that at least architecturally, it's going to be very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that stuff's going to be able to move over easily. <clears throat> and like the online infrastructure is similar, which for better or for worse, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a Nintendo online. Uh, but so many people are subscribing to Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pack. And how many people have gone all digital on the Switch because it's convenient? Like, yeah, this seems to be answering the questions, you know, with more certainty of backwards compatibility. Uh online functionality um the expansion pack stuff like i think i think this is finally the time nintendo gets it right right i mean i think here's the thing though here's the thing though if there's if there's no backwards compatibility on this new system Mm -hmm. people are gonna riot oh yeah so but but the when we was talking earlier even when we did expansion pass you were just like Nintendo is going into a more conservative route, like trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the times and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still kind of late with some things, but when they get there, it's enjoyable. I play my Switch with my Bluetooth headphones. I know people think that, well, Nintendo's late. I'm like, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if they're going to be doing this transfer system um, with their next console, it can't be the 3DS debacle. At all, you know, from 3ds to new 3ds, it cannot be that. It's got to be with, something. What do you mean? What What happened with that? What do you mean? Because it because it took so long, the way that it was oh. being done, and it was just like too many steps. So I could I could understand. I, I, it, it may be the same way as you transfer from your old switch to the new switch, but if they're making it easier, where it could recognize and then be like, oh, okay, we see all your data from the cloud. And all your digital games. Bam. If it takes about, I would say, give it an hour. I'm, I'm going to go with an hour. Because you might have a lot of games on the, if you're going all digital. You know, your first, your third, and your end. So it mm-hmm. may take a, it may take an hour. But if it's just if it's just like, yeah, it's going to take an hour. While it's doing this, you can still play your games. You know, yeah. or at that physical version of the game, you can pop it in and play it. You may not recognize your data because it's transferring, but you can you can play, you know. So I think they they probably are researching ways to get it. Another thing is definitely with the chips and everything. 
if they're going for a more powerful system, depending on which system they decide to go on or get a custom made, they know they want that chip to be cheap. So if they're planning on releasing a 2526 or whatever, by that time, that processing chip is going to be cheap. So they could I mean, the, 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 the custom Tegger X2, which is what it's rumored to be running on, is actually already mm-hmm. pretty cheap. It's already out of date. So uh, I don't know. But also, like, NVIDIA has come out with some pretty interesting technology recently where, like, mm-hmm. if they implement that into the Switch, which I don't know if they will or not, but, like, uh, DLSS and upscaling and, you know, AI kind of upscaling where they could achieve 4K without actually having to process that 4K, yeah. uh, you know, using AI to get those extra frames in there. Uh, it would be pretty interesting. And, and like also talking about Microsoft and, you know, streaming stuff like it. NVIDIA could be maybe making a deal with Nintendo to incorporate geforce now which would let you stream pc games to this thing uh which you know not a native solution for third-party games but an interesting one to think about right not now nintendo would probably never never ever do that but like it's an interesting thing to think about we're like oh well obviously the rogue ally is really popular and the steam deck are really popular uh sony's coming out with their dumb streaming tablet like dude that thing looks so stupid it's 300 dollars. 300 dollars for that thing this is like oh my gosh it's so stupid uh but like it's really interesting to think about nintendo partnering with nvidia for more reasons than just having their chip inside of it right and i really like thinking about that well i think if they if they because that i would say i'm I, i'm fine if nintendo gives us a 400 console and, and the oh, reason yeah. why I'm saying, and the reason I'm saying this, is because of everything that you are talking about, and you, you know, that's the possibility that could be in that system. Because I definitely, definitely Nintendo, I definitely want Nintendo to talk to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Definitely get Game Pass on that mug because I think I still think only- the Ma- I still think something like the Master Chief Collection is coming to Switch at some point. And I know people will call me crazy, but like I've heard multiple Xbox podcasts, prominent Xbox mm-hmm. podcasts say that they are because that remember that rumor like right when it came out like a year after there was a rumor they were going to put the Master Chief Collection on PS4 and Sony said no. We don't want it. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. The thing and- about Halo on a different console. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing about it is, it's definitely, and and we'll get to that when we get into the story about with Microsoft versus the FTC. I think Nintendo will allow it because not only will I think there be a split in money and stuff. Um, or well, I, don't I know mean, Nin- I mean, at that point, I think at that point, Microsoft would just act as a third party, right, and do yeah. what they do with Minecraft, and like you'll have to sign into your Xbox Live account to access online functionality, but like. Mm-hmm. You know, and it'll be cross play and cross save or whatever. Uh, I know we're kind of getting into some theoretical territory, but I don't think it's that out of the question, especially with what they've been saying at the FTC hearing. Like Satya Nadella said that he doesn't want to live in a world with exclusive games where like you can just buy the box you prefer and then play all games all the time, you know, and like Mm -hmm. I know realistically, like 
yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but it also sounds like a terrible idea. If it, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a Blu-ray, right? Where like you buy, oh, I have a Sony TV, so like maybe the Sony Blu-ray player will go better with my Sony TV, right? It's like, right? N- no, I think I think the consoles need their exclusives. I think exclusives are a big part of why you choose a console in the first place. And and uh, and, and to and to clear that confusion up is that. Third party and first party exclusives are two separate things. You know, oh, yeah. people no, are throwing, I know. and then people because people throw exclusive around like I mean, Final it, Fantasy like, is a third party exclusive, right? So right, and I think that's what is the confusing thing. It's just like, well, I don't want third, I don't want exclusive. Well, do are you saying that you don't want your first party on your console and you want it everywhere? Yeah, that's um, exactly even on your what competitors? he said. That's exactly what he said. He wants, he wants, he wants, it almost sounds like he wants Xbox Game Studios games to be, go the route of Sega almost, which is like, it's kind of strange how their trajectories are similar and at this point, but like, mm-hmm. also I want Xbox to survive because I love, I've, I've invested so much money and time into my Xbox. Like I don't ever want that console to go away and I will Mm -hmm. always buy an Xbox as long as there is one. Right. But like, I also think 60, but everything else above that, I will. (laughs) I also think Xbox will do what makes sense for them. I, I think something like Activision Blizzard will act independent, uh, of, of Xbox game studios. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Bethesda kind of does, but they also said today that they're making all Bethesda games exclusive to the console. But I think, I think the types of games that Activision Blizzard makes, especially their big ones like Diablo and Call of Duty, obviously, and Overwatch, are too big of a. I mean, they said as much during the FTC hearing, right? Like they to offset Call of Duty alone, they would need over two million new Game Pass subscribers to offset over the, the next cost. two years. Yeah. Yeah, to offset the cost. Like, and that's that's something I think I don't think they want to risk because not that like Game Pass is a great deal, but not everybody wants Game Pass, right? I mean, they right. want people want to own their games and people want to go to the store and buy a box off the shelf, right? And uh, that was the big kind of thing with Starfield this week where like the rumor was there wasn't going to be a disc in the box, but now there is. But I think it's still just going to be the license and you're going to still have to download the game. But uh, yeah, that's that's what they said. There's going to be like a digital code, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yeah. and, and not, and I got to the point where, yeah, with Redfall having a disc in it, yeah, that's kind of like my last thing with Bethesda for physical. I'm like, it's just it's making sense that I might as well just buy the mm-hmm. digital version because if y'all not really going to put any physical in. Mm-hmm. I I rather just get the digital because that's yeah. what the like Alan Wake too. And stuff, even though that's kind of off topic, like at least remedy whatever reason that they gave. There's going to be the the, the physical disc, right? Like a lot of people during the pandemic moved to digital, right? I think it moved to digital mm -hmm. a lot faster than people anticipated because before the pandemic, it was what, like something around 30% of people have moved to the digital ecosystem primarily. Whereas after the pandemic, it's like 71, 72% have moved that way. And Xbox is even more because they've, because Game Pass uh, has allowed them to kind of 
you know, get a get a head start on the digital ecosystem, right? And uh, you know, they they run a lot of great deals and you get stuff like Redfall or Halo even, right? That the whole game mm-hmm. wasn't even on the disc and uh I just think the way that games work now, especially multiplayer games or live service games or games that need updated, it's uh it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to have it on the disc anymore. Like single player games. Sure. Right. Like like mm-hmm. something like The Witcher or, uh, you know, something along those lines would totally make sense. To ha- yes. Disc. Sure. Why not? Persona, uh, Sonic, stuff like that. Right. But like these experiences that you need multiplayer, Halo, Gears, Call of Duty, Redfall, even something as big as or something as big as and ambitious as Starfield, right? Mm-hmm. You can't fit that all on a on a disc, right? That that game is massive. You really want to try to fit that on a disc or two? It's it's not so much as what is on the disc space wise. You know, I think it's just that once again that collective spirit, you know, yeah. and everything. And but like and with Xbox. It. Yeah, and, and with Xbox, when you start, like, when, when I go to Best Buy and I see, like, half of their shelves are empty in Best Buy, I mean, for Xbox, and even with Target and stuff, it's just, like, mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where if I'm seeing less physical, yes, you are moving me to digital and everything, but I still got to do the long wait time. I don't get, like, perks and stuff. If you have a retail version that has like some exclusive items or even like a keychain or something like that, say that thank you for pre-ordering at our store and giving giving us your business. Yeah. Yeah. And everything. And and, and as much as once again, Game Pass is, is connected to the internet. The internet goes down or something messed up with your phone, you can't play it. Uh, so well, that's that. that's not one hundred percent true. You can you can I think you have twenty four hours to connect back to the internet with mm. Game Pass games. Uh, it used to not be that way, but I think they fixed it because there's a lot of people who disconnect, uh, especially people who travel with the Series S and are like, uh-huh. uh, you know, have that that up screen, which I still really want, or like a a ROG Ally, right? Like that that. Uh, Granted, there are games that require online connection all the time, like Destiny and Diablo and Redfall. But like, it, it, I think for the most part, a lot of the single player stuff on Game Pass still works within 24 hours. So I don't know if they I don't know if they really changed that or it not. That's it. what I thought. So uh, but then but like going back to Nintendo's next gen, right? Like, mm hmm. Just talking about like the way that Xbox will put games where they make sense. I mean, it came out that Minecraft was four times bigger on Switch than PlayStation and Xbox combined. That was that that was one of my stories. Yeah, that I had. the the um, only plat the only platform that it's bigger on is PC and mobile, right? And I mean, everybody and, has a phone. And I can understand. And I can understand PC being the biggest because that's where it first started at. So oh. it had and, a it had a start. And there's a big mod the community. Bridge for minecraft mm-hmm. and there's a big like custom server community for minecraft on pc so like yeah minecraft is like M- minecraft on pc is humongous plus like that doesn't even count the people who are playing it on game pass either right so right uh, and nintendo the nintendo versions have the exclusive stuff that you can't get nowhere else which is the nintendo first party with mario and stuff like that yeah 
So, I mean, I I think uh, moving back to next gen Nintendo, I just like, I really think this, I really think this could be Nintendo's like real attempt or, you know, they could attempt to like really bring their franchises to the next level. Like, okay, yeah, we made the jump from HD. We have a console that everybody loves in the Switch, right? And for the most part, everything works. Everything runs well and great. But like, I'm still coming back to like, I'm telling you, man, I think about that Wii U tech demo of Zelda all the time. Mm-hmm. The Twilight Princess. The, the possibility with power that yes. they could pull off with that. Yes. And like the ability to have like, not ray tracing, but like a real time lighting mm-hmm. systems and, uh, awesome graphics like that and uh just being able to like have reflections and and cool kind of uh large larger than life uh architecture of the temples and stuff like i think i think about i think about that constantly like no joke and i think there is a possibility that they could revisit that and incorporate it into the next Zelda game. I, I mean, of course they. I mean, it's not just it's not just Zelda. Openness. It's not just Zelda though. I mean, like you could make like a, you could do like a, a, like a three D Metroid game of like mm-hmm. really significant size doing something like that because it could almost it could almost be like Death Stranding almost where like you're super isolated, but every every like that isolation allows for you to have stronger texture work uh you know not very like maybe one or two enemies on the screen at the same time but they're like bigger enemies or scarier enemies right like there's there's a lot you could do with just that i mean you think think about it but you think about it the xbox one and the ps4 are eight times more powerful than the xbox 360 eight times and then if you get to if you go to like the like xbox one x it's like Mm-hmm. 10 or 12 times more powerful than the Xbox 360. Think about how much power that is for something that Look. like, no, just hold on. Let me, let me finish real quick. The way that Nintendo works, that amount of power. Think what, mm-hmm. think about what Nintendo could use with that amount of power because they work so much more efficiently than every other company. Yes. Right. Like you can make these massive Mario worlds. You can make these awesome, Star Fox like ship battles with like almost like Rogue Squadron esque massive uh, uh, space battles or like mm-hmm. I don't know man just there's a lot you could do with just that amount of power. Yeah, I mean, but heck, I you look at it... you look at Sony like they made they made Horizon on that thing right like Horizon is a large game. Look how beautiful it looks. Yes, you know? I, but I think you got to think about that everything that you're wanting and saying does not reflect the same thing in Japan. I'm excluding Square Enix from this. Because Square Enix... Yeah, Square en- Dude, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 I mean, is the most AAA video game I've ever I know. seen. Oh, oh, I know. That's why I said excluding them before you was going to attack me. But I'm thinking if, if Nintendo is in that, yes, you could give us that power. If, if they, if these young teams can create that, and everything, give it to us. But the thing about it is, it's just like I I know Nintendo. They don't. I don't really know Nintendo, but I feel like even with power, 
it's always going to be about the gameplay mechanics, the ideas, the innovation, what what they could bring. If the power could do it, yes. The visualization, if it could capture us visually, like if we could go crazy, yes. If they want to do it for Metroid, are you doing it for 6 or are you doing it for Prime? I expect the next Mario 3D game to be breathtaking and look. I'm not worried about the gameplay. If God got even to the power of a series, not a series X, uh, Xbox One X, y'all better go in and make a very detailed world. Even if it's cartoony, I mm-hmm. want to see some well, high just, level art. Well, just think of like if they mixed like a little bit of like, I mean, I think Bowser's Fury is kind of the direction mm-hmm. I think they're probably aiming to go, right? Uh, yes. And uh, I mean, just imagine like, Bowser's Fury mixed with like a little bit of the world that Breath of the Wild introduced like, oh, this warp pipe, where does this warp pipe go? And we go underground and we go explore this, you know, have a super challenging platforming uh, level. But at the end, you get like a really cool power up or something to go fight the boss. And or maybe this is a secret way out of the dungeon and you find it, you know, find a ghost house or. Uh, some kind of cave or you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of possibilities you could do with an open world Mario game, too. And like the first mm-hmm. my first thought was like uh, actually like the first Jack and Daxter game did a really great job of this kind of seamless island open world. Uh, yeah. And that was on PlayStation 2. So like imagine what you could do with the power of a PS4 and Xbox one and all the things you could add to it. I mean, Nintendo did it on the Wii U and the switch, right? <laughs> Which is like. Mm-hmm uh maybe a little bit more powerful than an xbox 360 <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh still to be determined <laughs> to be determined sometimes uh no i'm just kidding they got some pretty interesting games to run on that thing but still like if you want to be a patreon producer head on over to patreon patreon.com slash media and find out which tier is right for you our patreon producers at the five dollar tier or higher for this month are adriel munger Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. I don't know, man. I, I get so excited for the potential of what Nintendo could do with a more powerful system, even if it's not Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 power, like just more power, any more power. Because uh, I think the power, the power thing, to me, when I think about Nintendo, it's just like, man, I know here in America we want power, but is that the same thing in Japan? Yes. And you know, Nintendo of Japan is going to think more of their country before they think of everybody else. Everybody else's business. Well, that's why that that's why the thing is going to be a handheld, right? But they look. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you even look at something like Pokemon. How much? How much? A little bit more power. Oh heck yeah! I mean, like even the games that like don't run well on the Switch, right? Imagine mm-hmm. what a little bit more power and a little bit more just you know things you could utilize to make those games run better because they don't, you know. Granted, Game Freak and Pokemon Company don't know how to uh, optimize their games as well as Nintendo does for the console, right? But like, yes just that little bit more power could have given those games a little bit more juice and made them run better. And like granted, I know, I know probably 13 out of the 15 million people who bought those games don't care. Right. But like, 
there's still 2 million people out there that do care, you know, and, and yeah. I think you got to service your hardcore fans first, right? I, I mean, because you're going to be, they're going to be the early adopters. They're going to spread it word of mouth or tweet mm-hmm. about it or, you know, join their Facebook groups and talk about it, right? Like that you got to service your hardcore fans first and give them something to, to marvel at when these games come out. And that's why I still think, I still think, I still think that that Donkey Kong game is coming and I think it's going to be a launch title. Although I, th- I, I actually think that, it's probably going to be the 3d Mario game, but all like, that, that I could agree with. Like if, if we're going to jump off the next gen Nintendo stuff with a launch lineup, I will go with Donkey Kong. Yeah. Because, because Nintendo's going to be for right now, Nintendo have foreign gaming wise. is going to be thinking about the next princess peach game. And I mean, I I would have said um, Luigi's Dark Moon, but that's more for like an HD re- remaster or stuff. But they're gonna be finished. They're gonna be fixated on Princess Peach. Mm. When Princess Peach comes in, I think that's it for the Mario games until we get something for their next gen system. Because oh. I'm cool if you release a Mario game later. If you want to open up the next, if you want to open up the next gen game with a 3D looking platformer of Donkey Kong and it looks bonkers visually. Oh heck oh. yeah. Give me that water. Give me that Hawaiian island look and go on in. Give me that crispness that I want to see them palm trees and stuff. Even with the animals. Like I really want to see Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong completely animated in this month. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if I I wonder if that Donkey Kong game is going to be happening i I mean i would actually prefer it for the launch of a new console to get it in people's hands Mm -hmm. i would actually prefer a 3d mario launch even though i'm not the biggest 3d mario person i would actually prefer 3d mario and then you launch metroid prime 4 alongside it maybe cross gen Mm -hmm. maybe not i think you need to do it cross gen to appease the switch fans who have been waiting for that game uh but I think you I think maybe the switch version runs at 30 or, you know, 900 P 30 or 1080 P 30. And then the one the new one runs at 1440 P and 60 frames mm-hmm. or whatever. Something like that. Right. Where similar to Breath of the Wild, where like, you know, the Wii U version ran at 720 P and the switch version ran at whatever it ran at. Uh, uh, but then you have like a 2d donkey kong game to go with the 3d mario game i would like a third donkey kong retro style game to be honest i, I could actually see donkey kong being the game you when you we was having a discussion what game could end the switch i now think donkey kong could end it i think i, I mean think i think donkey kong could end it but i don't i don't like i i like donkey kong i i mm. don't love it as much as people do but i, I like it well enough, but I don't think that's like I don't think that's a system seller, to be honest. I don't think Donkey Kong has the same uh you know mm. pull as Mario or Zelda does. Yeah. Right. Like I, I just don't as as important as Donkey Kong is to Nintendo's history and as important yeah. as as he is as a character, like I don't think you can launch a console with a 3D Donkey Kong game. I really don't. Unless they do something like so drastic and so different. Right, but I don't know how you do that with Donkey Kong, you know. Be- because 
for some unknown reason, it feels like Super Mario Odyssey will work for Switch by being later on in 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 the year. But I think because of Breath of the Wild being that it game when the Switch released, it gave Mario time to breathe. Yeah. You know, and definitely with Mario Kart, ARMS, and Splatoon, and all of these other mm-hmm. games coming out, it gave Mario yeah. enough time to breathe. So, And I wonder, I mean, just okay. to piggyback off that real quick, I wonder how Nintendo is going to supplement their new games because they have totally almost run out of ports to give people. Although, mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, you could save a Wind Waker or Twilight Princess to supplement the new console as oh, you yeah. get your games out. Do I want that? No, I want it now. But you could totally do that. You could, you know, maybe sign some third-party deals. Maybe you get, you know, Ubisoft will, I'm sure will have something on, you know, that first year because they're always somewhere where, you know, games make money. They're always <laughs> they're first in line. Right. Uh, you know, maybe you launch it with like an Assassin's Creed or or something I don't give them Star Fox. I mean, Starlink was pretty good. That's the best Star Fox game we've gotten in 25 years. So uh, I think I I just think I think Nintendo is running out of things to port to, especially if, if you're buying digital and your Nintendo account is like, <laughs> you know, similar to an Xbox Live or PlayStation account like mm-hmm. your library is set. You know, like you're not going to be able to sell those games again. And I know we mentioned on the special pass what GameCube games we would like to see on Switch, like an HD remake, because we know that's kind of like the next thing to port and everything. If if it's going to be successful, only two more that I need. I mean, there's ones that I want, but there's only two more that I need, and they've already got me. Yeah. (laughs) It's my night in, in Wind Waker. Yeah. I'm, gonna shoot. I'm waiting I mean, for would, my turn of darkness. I mean, I wouldn't mind Rogue Squadron either, but, you know, we got Metroid oh, dude Prime. Of Rogue, dude, if Rogue Squadron came back, oh, come on. Man, I yeah. want Factify back so bad. Yeah, but it's I, I, feel, like, out I feel like we already got the successor to Rogue Squadron, though, with Squadrons and Battlefront, right? Like, those games look so amazing mm-hmm. already, like regardless of what you think of those games quality wise, like I think, yeah, I think battlefront two was fun to play. It was just so bogged down by microtransactions at the beginning. And it just kind of had that story attached to it. Right. But I think like those games look better than, than the movies in some places. Oh, like, heck those yeah. games look incredible on frostbite. And so like, I mean, that's what frostbite was made for though. Right. Was battlefield. And you know, it's uh. I, I, I don't I don't know if Rogue Squadron would even make sense at this point. Uh well, I, I like I just said, I just want Rogue Factor Five back as a company. <laughs> like yeah, I, it, I just they missed them. Yeah, but they, it, even whoever owns the name to that, right? Like even the people that used to work there aren't there it's gonna be all new people. It's the same Yeah. It's like when you talk about Bioware now where like, oh I love Bioware, but like it's anybody anybody worth anything that made Mass Effect and and Knights of the Republic and the first Dragon Age or whatever aren't there anymore, right? They all moved on, you know, either just something wicked mm-hmm. or obsidian or uh um someone like that, right? And not that yeah. like not like this new bioware isn't bad or isn't good or anything, but like it's not the bioware you grew up with. And 
I think in some cases that's good to get new blood in there. I mean, we're seeing it with Nintendo right now, right? Where the the younger mm-hmm. teams are coming up and innovating and doing some interesting thing. I mean, look at the 2D Mario game, man. Look at Mario Wonder. That game looks incredible. The animations <laughs> and like the the fluidity of of the game and just like the little emotions that Mario has on his mm-hmm. face when he runs or like when he pulls his hat down, how it changes from new Super Mario Brothers and like even the other characters. It's just that game looks that game like stylistically looks incredible. And I think that's why with the new team with power can really bring it. I, I think what we're going to like, you want horizon style appearance. I, not on everything. Not on everything. Not on everything. Just, right. But, just Zelda. Just Zelda. Yeah. Just Zelda. Right. And Metroid. That might have that might have to be like the new thing for Nintendo. I want horizon style appearance when when yeah, discuss, I mean, I mean, describing graphics. I mean, Stephanie and I were talking about this on the Boss Rush podcast like a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. I don't know how long it's been at this point, but like you just look at something like Horizon. Forbidden West and Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. and how how incredible like how just visually stunning those games are and how well they run you know and it's like I I want like I love Nintendo and I always will love Nintendo but it, it's a shame that we've kind of had to like temper our expectations for Nintendo and like mm-hmm. I love Breath of the Wild and I love Tears of the Kingdom. I think that game looks amazing. I think that art style is awesome. But I'm tired of using the excuse of this game looks incredible for this art style. And then you look at you look at Tears of the Kingdom and then you go and look at something like Final Fantasy 16 and they're not even on the same level production wise. Which which I could understand, but I think the difference between it is is that yeah, you got these beautiful graphics, but I gotta struggle or I gotta go through a fifteen minute cutscene to enjoy those graphics more than it than it is. You need that's those- what I want from Zelda. I want that in Zelda. But do you want those graphics for cutscenes yes. or do you want those yes. graphics for a full on gameplay? Because both. I think that's the because that well, see, I don't want it for both. Well, then if you I can't suck. <laughs> no, because my thing. <laughs> no, because my thing is is that I think I don't get no benefit out of your graphics if I'm seeing most of it on cutscenes. Then I am getting through your gameplay that I bought your game that I want to do. If Zelda wants to have those cuts, want to have those graphics, great. What about? Do not give me a forty-five minute cutscene. Okay, what about Horizon then? Because that game, that game has cutscenes, but there's a lot of gameplay in between those cutscenes. It's a, a it's some great, it's a great, it's some great gameplay. But I still yell at, yell at uh, well, I don't yell at Horizon because of the cutscenes. I, I, well, I mean the cutscenes. I just yell at uh, Aloy for almost saying the same thing. I'm like, we get the point. Move this thing along. So oh, I mean, yeah. I, you know, but. Uh, but if I'm get if I'm getting act if I'm getting complete action and less cutscenes, I do enjoy. Now, before everybody come at me with Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I understand that that game has a lot of cutscenes, but mm. I don't have to hit those cutscenes until about fifty five hours in the game if I want to move on to the next chapter. Why? Because I can play out of those fifty five hours a whole bunch of side quests before even getting to a story point cutscene. 
Especially when I have like a 15 minute battle and this and the music is pumping and it's all good and everything. Why are you breaking our hopes and dreams, Ed? Come on. I'm not breaking hopes and dreams. Hold on. Don't forget, you're supposed to be the realist and I'm supposed to be the hype. I, I am. And you're you're not hyping. You're you're <laughs> I don't know. I so I mean I just like man, Final Fantasy 15 you- though, man. What a what a what a what a game! That's all I have to say. It is the my yeah because okay so I'm like I was really hyped for it right when it was announced Mm. and I watched a couple things on it and then I went dark. I didn't want to see anything else. I was like okay I'm really excited. Reviews started coming out and they're like it's like a 40 hour Devil May Cry game. I'm like I don't want to play that. I don't I I can barely play Devil May Cry. That's what I said. Did I say six? No, I, no, you said fifteen. Oh, I meant sixteen. Sorry, Final Fantasy yeah. sixteen. Everybody, uh, and I'm like, I don't want to play that. I don't like. I like Devil May Cry, but like that's like a nice ten hour experience. And then if you want to mm-hmm. go back and do the challenges and the S ranks and stuff, you're gonna go do that, right? Like that's what that game's for. Not a yes. forty hour action RPG, right? So I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait for a sale. I'm not gonna get it right away. Stephanie and Pat told me to download the demo and I played the whole demo in one sitting. I was like, Oh my gosh, this game's incredible. It is the most triple a game I've ever seen in my life. Like they spared no expense on the visuals on that game. Let me tell you. And the combat is fun. I have to say though, whoever said this was a devil may cry game and I get it. The director combat director, devil may cry fives combat director. Mm hmm does not feel like devil may cry. Okay. I played a lot of DMC granted, not the same company, but does not feel like devil may cry. Now see that's DMC devil may cry on, on switch deluxe with the horizon graphics. What's never happening. I don't Why are you changing the subject? Hold on. Hold on. I'm not changing it, but if Microsoft, if, if that man want Microsoft to be some third party stuff, if you want to get some ninja theory stuff and you need power, oh heck yeah! Now give me that. That's what I want. If I want some power, you. If Microsoft said that on the next gen Nintendo system we put a Hellblade two, and this is almost the same graphics, maybe a little changes on that system. Oh, you don't think I'm going to end up paying another seventy dollars for that game on Switch? Come on now, Corey. Now, if yeah, Nintendo want to, if if Nintendo want to match her Hellblade Horizon Two with Zelda, and mix in that Wii U demo of a uh, of a Zelda game, oh yeah, that's that's quick money, quick money. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm just. I'm just letting you go. I'm just letting you I'm just letting you get it out. <laughs> I don't know. I but, just But I, I could see but I could see if if power is needed. I think power if power is needed for someone like Microsoft if they brought their games to the next gen. Yes. If Nintendo wants to do it, okay, go ahead and do it. But I'm like, you got to wow me. You gotta and I think I know Nintendo could do it. I really know that I know Nintendo could do it. They got some talented artists, but they I'm like, y'all got to go in. I just don't want 
your power to be used for a lot of cutscenes. And I know they don't really focus on cutscenes like that, but I just really want them to put in that work in your in their thing. I'm all I'm saying, man, with that power comes great responsibility to give me a gorgeous looking Zelda game that looks like Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, another four episodes of us talking about the next Zelda game with those graphics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The new season of Nintendo Power Block. Oh, uh, oh, Corey, you might just, you just, before we even start, you might just see me fall out. I might just be like, hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block. This is Corey. I'm Eddie. Let's get into this Nintendo uh, next gen Zelda. Mm-hmm. Corey. Dude, we're not getting a Zelda game for like 10 years, okay? I mean, oh, heck no. <laughs> that, that game is on the next gen. Nintendo Dude, they use the same, they use literally use the same map animations and character models in this game, and it still took them six years. What do you mean? We're not, you're not, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, we're going to get so many ports and remakes before then, which is fine with me. I would, I would love some. I would love some Zelda remakes at this point. Oracle games would be awesome. Mm. Getting the 3DS games and the DS games over would be kind of cool. Uh, getting Minish Cap. Well, Minish Cap, I guess, is on expansion pack. But still, like, it's. I just I feel like I feel like a lot of Nintendo's library is just stuck on old consoles. And finally, they're doing something with the GameCube. Thank you. Although, give me Luigi's Mansion one. That would be like the, that would be like the main one for me to now right i mean aside from the zelda games and maybe like gosh i don't know I, maybe you think, you think shadow you think shadow drop eShop? what when uh two comes out that they uh shadow drop a hd version of I don't, luigi's mansion and then like a few months or weeks later physical see i don't know why they couldn't do that because they did it with Pikmin like you just shadow drop one Mm -hmm. and two and then you bundle them later and then like it would make sense because then you would have all the Luigi's Mansion games on one console and that makes sense and they'll re-release I feel like I think the physical version for for uh, three I feel like I feel like Nintendo's in this phase of like cleaning up their old games right like Mm -hmm. I mean, especially because a lot of those GameCube games have been stuck on the GameCube for so long, right? Yes. So long. And I know we've talked about this a couple of times on Expansion Pass already, but like, man, I mean, just think of all the GameCube games we've gotten now, right? Like Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime, Pikmin 1 and 2, uh, Bat and Kados is coming later. Yeah. What else have we gotten? Tales of Symphonia. I know it's not technically Nintendo, but, you know, same thing. It's like, look at all these great GameCube games that are finally making their way off that console. Man, that console is so stuck in time. And it makes me really sad to see those games stuck there because they're great. It's just like there's no way, no easy way to hook that console up to your TV now. You have to buy, the, yeah. you know, special boxes or uh, SCART cables or, uh, you know, uh, some sort of cheap uh you know thing that you can plug your art uh you know red yellow white cables into or component cables if you have them or you go to eon gaming and spend 150 dollars on that hd converter which works pretty good actually but like there's no easy way 
and to the fact that you can get Metroid Prime remastered for 40 bucks instead of like having yourself a headache through all this just <laughs> to play it. It's like, man, that's such a good yeah. deal. And Pikmin is 30 bucks. And man, you got Mario Sunshine and Galaxy in that one collection, although they didn't put Galaxy 2, which I'm kind of shocked they didn't. Those games got to come individually, right? At some point. Yeah, they have to. I mean, I, that would be really dumb not to, I think, at this point. Although you can get the 3D All-Stars collection on Amazon and Walmart.com for 25 bucks right now. So <laughs> remember when those remember when that game was going to be super limited? <laughs> I was like everybody freaked out and Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a physical copy and leave it leave it sealed, and then I'll get it digitally, and I'm gonna be the smart one. And then you could still get it. I might I I might still buy two or three copies and put them away for later <laughs> to sell mm-hmm. them in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> pay for a vacation <laughs> i hear that shoot well uh oh my gosh i need a vacation anything? so bad <laughs> I, be... oh, Dude, I, need some, I, I, I need time off of everything man i just want to like i need like a i need like a week off of just everything yeah. man like I, I don't know when we're gonna do that but <sighs> We got to do it sometime next month because I'm like a lot of folks at my job about to go on vacation. Um, I think my manager, my store manager is about to go on vacation. I'm just like, look, y'all taking all of this time off for the summer. Great. But y'all better not touch August and September. That is my time. August, September and October. Y'all better not touch these days that I need mm-hmm. off at all because a one is I'm going to be in city with my friend Two. I'm going to Ohio to spend time with my bro him. And three, <laughs> I need to go see Jesse <laughs> and kick it with him. Yeah. Like I need to go, I need to get out of Illinois for a good while. And I don't need y'all to be calling me. I don't need y'all to be sending me smoke signals. If y'all mess something up in photo, you better figure out on how to fix it. I'm not answering. Man, good times. All right. Yes. My body is ready ready to eat those tacos, Corey. <laughs> you already I'm, know. I'm yeah, I'm so hungry, man. I'm like so I went I'm long story short, I went to the doctor the other day just to like follow up on some stuff that I've been working on and getting checked out mm-hmm. and fixing and you know, whatever. And uh <laughs> I'm now on this like really like he gave me some like nutritional advice and like put me on this diet and I'm just like, I'm always hungry. Like the last like two days I've just been really hungry all day. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Oh, it's fine though. I need it. I need to lose some weight, man. It's been a struggle and it's fine. All right. It's all good in the hood. Yo, here I am. Had a chicken chipotle meal from uh, <laughs> from Chili's. Man, Chipotle is good. I want some Chipotle. That sounds good. Um, um, should we ch- should we touch on the Microsoft FTC, or do I you want to save it? I mean, we can we can touch on it a little bit. I guess. Uh, I mean, there's there's not really a lot of Nintendo stuff about it, but it's still super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk a little bit about it. I think. Um, okay. 
So I I want to jump into uh, that what Bobby Carter said about uh, the act about uh, Call of Duty on Switch. Um, and I'm reading an article from uh, Nintendo Life. And it said, during day four of what is already provided, proving to be a surprisingly gripping trial related to Microsoft's planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Activision CEO Bobby Cota took to the stand and stated his deep regret in not supporting the Nintendo Switch more over the course of its lifespan so far. As reported by Tom Warren at The Verge, and you guys, check out his work, because he's been on it. Yeah, it's um, really good. He has like each day has its own summary. And then like there's also like the live the live blog he did of the entire thing, which is like mm-hmm. 12 pages long over four days. Uh, he he did an amazing job. He's 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 a great reporter. I think I think yes. he is. I think he's really great. Yes. Um, Kodak stated that I made a bad judgment in not bringing this flashy franchise Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch claiming that when he saw a prototype of the system, he thought Nintendo was trying to do too much and that it wouldn't be a success. Regarding the Switch, Kodak then goes on to state that it's probably the second biggest video game system of all time. If we're talking about home consoles specifically, then yes, Kodak is spot on. The Nintendo Switch has now sold over 125 million units, uh, treading behind the PlayStation 2 at over 155. If we... Um, Nintendo said if they add in the handhelds, then Nintendo DS is also ahead of 100 with 154. It's uh, 0.20 million. And I was furious about this because I was just like, so you've seen the system selling month after month, year after year. Even when the new systems came out, Switch was still selling. And you still. I mean, okay, yeah, you put some games on it, but they were a year later. Crash came came late. Spiral came late. Tony Hawk came late. Diablo yeah, 3 but, came late. Yeah, Overwatch, but you know, it's just like you know how hard it is to port down to a mobile device from an uh, from an x86 architecture, though. Like that's, I'm not I'm not defending, right? I I think, mm. I think these games should be there day one, but. Activision is not the only one that's that's guilty of this. You know, I mean, as much as we praise Bethesda for putting Doom and Wolfenstein and Skyrim Mm -hmm. on the switch, these games were all late. Right. Or, yes, you know, I mean, that it's. I I think Tony Hawk on switch, though, by the way, ooh, great. It's awesome. It's a it's a great handheld game. Tony Hawk, man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So good. Uh, But like. You know, I, I think the investment to port down and Activision has the money to do this. And I think you I think you have to. I think the way that Nintendo is building their consoles and maybe when Nintendo's next console comes out, they'll think more about this. But like I was listening to something. I forget if it was Digital Foundry or. Who was it? I forget who it was, but they were talking about how, you know, a lot of we're starting to see a lot of like current gen games on the series X and PlayStation, you know, only hit 30 frames a second. Yeah. And I think when these games start development, 30 frames was the goal, right? Because I, th- I don't think a lot of people became quote unquote frame rate snobs until this generation, quite frankly, 
or, you know, at least late last generation. Um, and they have to start designing the games around 60 frames a second instead of 30 mm-hmm. and then trying to add those frames later because it's easier to take away those frames, right? If you need to, but it's harder to to add those frames, which is the problem that Final Fantasy 16 is having right now, which like great game, but it was designed around the 30 frames a second, which is why the 30 frames a second mode runs so well and mm-hmm. is, you know, doesn't drop frames. Uh, you know, it's it's locked 30, so it's not going to drop frames. But like, but when you put it in performance mode, it runs anywhere between 40 and 55 to 60 frames a second, depending on what you're doing. And that's because the game was designed around the 30 frames a second mode. And they tried to add it on later. And I'm thinking not that it's the same type of development, but it's the same idea where like if you're going to make a game and you're planning on putting it on Switch, you have to maybe start planning, you know, not with your own development team, but you have to find the 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 team that's going to do the porting work down and start working with them throughout the process of developing mm-hmm. the game if you want it to come out at the same time. And I think that's I think that's I think companies are starting to realize that. And I think that's kind of what, you know, Bobby Kotick was saying uh, in general terms were like at the at the by the time they realized Call of Duty might have been a success on Switch. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, the online for Switch sucks, so maybe it wouldn't. But like those games come out every year. So by the time you start porting one, the next one is already in its marketing cycle. And so like porting the old ones, like we're just getting to the point now where they would actually mm-hmm. start maybe coming out. Right. <laughs> so that's but just I, my thought. I, 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 which is a good thought. I think my thing is, is that you had to, my, my, I think my thing is, is that you got the Nintendo switch development kit. So what do you actually have to port? We're not at, because I, I feel like this. Yes, you could bring the Call of Duty franchise to the Switch, but you could make it a different game. You don't have to make it what you but guys they're not, are. They're not gonna. On. They're not gonna put development into a different game, right? Like they. Yeah, I it's, think... it's it's it's. I know I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it's Activision, and they want that game. They Call of Duty is their biggest franchise, and the last time they developed a game that was specifically for a handheld console, that game was trash right with the 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 vita version right that Mm. that black ops declassified it was bad and so i think that probably left a sour taste in the mouth plus like they they're on such a that call of duty machine is such a well-oiled machine at churning these things out that like any sort of wrench in the system is just like the, the switch is not even an afterthought now now the blizzard side of activision actually supported the switch relatively well up until Diablo four, right? Like I think Diablo three was awesome on switch. Uh, yes. and they got that out kind of close to, you know, See, what was it? 2018 I, or 2019, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think that's why I thought Diablo four was coming to switch. I think they originally announced it and they kind of backtracked, uh, because mm. the project kind of switched trajectory and then they added that always online component because when they when they announced it, it was like what 
2018, 19-ish. And then, yeah. like, development halted on Diablo 4 for a long time. Not a long time, but, like, a long time in terms of development. And then they kind of turned it around when Rod Ferguson went over there from the Coalition. And they had a new plan and a new idea. And now it is what it is, right? So skipping the Switch probably makes sense if you have to have some sort of connected online world, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Overwatch 2 runs pretty good on the Switch. Diablo 3, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Those are all good games. And I would actually say Activision, aside from Call of Duty, is one of the best supporters for Switch, in all honesty. Like, you got all the Crash games, you got the Spyro games, you got Crash Team Racing, you got Tony Hawk, Overwatch. Well, again, every, everything except it, for Call of Duty and Diablo 4 is on Switch from Activision. But once again, Blizzard. most of that stuff is late when it was announced originally. So well, why couldn't it Overwatch came Overwatch came out before the Switch even came out. So that's not fair. Well, well, that's why I said most of them, like Crash, Spyro. Crash, Crash 4 came out at the same time. No, they, no, it did not. Crash 4 came out Crash later. Crash 4 came out at the same time. Cra- the that Trilogy and Crash Team Racing came out late, but Crash 4, I'm pretty sure, came out at the same I, time. I think 4 came out later. I'm going to look this up. It's my favorite thing to do on the podcast is prove you wrong. <laughs> uh, that, Corey, that's why I loved you. I know. Uh, release date. Here we go. Because um, even um, like Spyro, like Tony Hawk came up late in this. It, it always felt like a year after those other versions came out. That's when that version for Switch came out. Because it it, it, I always get this idea that, and this is a personal thing, everybody, it, that once they finish up, once they finish up that like Xbox or PlayStation version, then they start doing the development for the Switch version or Nintendo version. All right, Ed, here here we go. Okay. We're both right. A little bit. Um, so it was originally released on October 2nd, 2020 on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but it came mm-hmm. out on March 12th with a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X version, and the Switch version came out with those versions of the game. And PC was actually the last place it came out on March 26th, 2021. So that would have been six October, November, December, January, February. Six months. That's like five, about five months. We were both right. I'm more right. No, you are not. (laughs) I'm right. Shut up. No. (laughs) (laughs) But. uh, but I, I think it was just like I I wish it had the day and date stuff. You know, even like yeah, but I, even with, also with, with, also like I mean, I wonder if some of that is a Nintendo call, right? Nintendo loves to announce things for Switch because people don't expect it, right? Nintendo mm-hmm. loves the pageantry of releasing a third-party game. Remember the Witcher was announced for Switch? Oh my gosh, people went nuts. Yes. When Wolfenstein, when Wolfenstein was announced, we went nuts, right? Nuts. Nintendo yes. Nintendo loves that stuff, right? And like they love being able to announce that third-party game coming to Switch. They love but it. But I think yes, but I I think the thing is is that they like to control the narrative. 
They like to, con- yes. Nintendo they like can- to control the narrative. And if yes. they can but- do that any way possible with third party, they're mm-hmm. going to do it. And they love yeah, to I- do it. But I think it's when it is a new announcement. And we know that your games normally don't show up in a Nintendo Direct. I would least expect that you just have the Nintendo Switch version already in there and stuff. Look at Metal Gear Solid Connection. It got announced for Sony. Microsoft came in with Shady and threw a big thing on Twitter. It came to Nintendo Switch on in the direct, and they did. And Nintendo Switch had the marketing for the breakdown yeah. and everything. And all of them are coming out on the same day, unless the Konami de- delays it for Switch, knowing them. And I, but and that's the kind of thing I guess I expect if a company's going to do that, do it that route. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Because if you're gonna, because if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring it to Nintendo Switch, I want to have. If you delayed it, I want to have some extra stuff in it. Yeah, you know, and that's just me. That's a personal thing, you know. Yeah, I love you, bro. I love you, boss. No, you don't. Don't lie to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I think with the whole Call of Duty thing. I don't think that game works on switch to be honest. I just, I just don't. And it's, it's, it's because of the online component. I mean, I, it, it, it's mostly because of the online component and nobody buys call Mm. of duty for the campaign. Let's be honest here. Uh, But this is the crazy thing is that when they did the breakdown in a court system, the highest selling version of a call of duty game is on mobile. So it's just like okay, yeah, it's of called mobile Call of Duty Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> but I was expecting that the PC. I was literally expecting PC and console well, to be higher. Well, than Call mobile. Call of Duty Mobile is free to play, so it probably earns the most money because people just keep buying stuff, right? So mm. that's. I mean, and and there's eight billion people on this planet. I, probably at least half of them have some sort of smartphone in their pocket, right? So. uh but if the if the if those newer versions on PC and console are selling so much, how's just th- that's I think that was the surprising thing to me is the selling versions of the Call of Duty games versus the free version of the mobile. Well, I mean, there's still a free version on console too, though, right? With Warzone, so which is like their I, battle royale equivalent. Yes, but I I'm, I think it's just like with each new campaign or like Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare 2 that just came out. You know, that was, I guess, the best-selling game. I don't know, whatever that number is. Um, I'm assuming that because it's on PC and consoles that it sells higher. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, so even with the good sales on that, they don't compare to the mobile version because it's free. S- saying that, I don't know if that same version or multiplayer from that new Call of Duty is on mobile for free. I mean, I don't, I don't think so because they they made that mobile version specifically for mobile, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't. The other versions wouldn't be on there. So yeah, it's just a, it was just a weird number reporting 
like statistics to see. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really understand a lot of the number stuff. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't do numbers. I, I try all the time to like mm-hmm. think through things mathematically and looking, looking at these things, but it just, it's like, man, I just can't. My brain doesn't process that way, you know, and which is, I'm not a, which is, I'm not an analytic, <laughs> which is analyst. probably why, like, we need some sort of like financial person <laughs> for Boss Rush to handle <laughs> all this stuff. But, uh, I mean, Call of Duty's numbers, man, are way more impressive than I thought they would be, which I know Call of Duty is literally the biggest game every year. But those numbers, man, the 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 numbers they reported for PlayStation alone, like billions of dollars and for PlayStation alone is incredible. It's it's Call of Duty makes more money like. I think they said what 15, 15% of Sony's business is first party games, right? Mm. Something like that for 15% of their revenue and call of yeah. duty by itself is like, <laughs> it's like almost 30%. Oh my gosh. And, 30%. And and I think that's, you know, with the exclusive stuff, a lot of the marketing for that game is by Sony itself. So well, yeah, but, um, and 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 I think now because of PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five still be being bigger than the Xbox One and at this point maybe the Series X and S. Um, My Series S sitting right here. I love this thing. Yes. Um, is that I think people will was going there because of the bigger install base. So. You know, and definitely if people are still feeling, still judging the Xbox from the Xbox One era mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and people just feel like, from a console perspective, I'll play on PlayStation because that's where most mm-hmm. of the people are going to be playing at, where PC is just PC. It's so. it's pretty funny, though, because, like, Xbox and PlayStation are, like, it seems like they're pretty even in the United States and mm-hmm. like in Canada and stuff, but like it's the worldwide appeal of PlayStation, right? That yes. they're winning, uh, which is, you know, that's always been Microsoft's Achilles heel though. Right. It's like getting Japan, uh, you know, getting Japan to buy the box, getting Europe to buy the box. That's, that's what they've always been not bad at, but that's always been the, the door they've been trying to open is, is those two markets. And well, it's, it, I think we we talked about it, Corey. That at at a point in time before Xbox One and everything, just with 360 and long, that was the American system. That was mm-hmm. the top tier system, you know. And, and I mean, even though and even though Xbox 360 had had the mind share that generation, right? Like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody thought Microsoft was winning. They were leading. They still came in third place that generation. Right. I mean, the Wii, obviously the Wii like outsold everything, but like the PlayStation yeah. three still outsold it by like 10 million units. I, I think people forget that. But I think I think the problem is that like Xbox took off so early because they had that two hundred dollar console and then the three hundred dollar console with the hard drive mm-hmm. and PlayStation yeah. came out at six hundred that they had such a head start. Like they had a year head start, first of all, and then they had such a head start because their console was half the price. And at the time, like something like oblivion couldn't even run on the PlayStation uh, three. 
Uh, so like they had Oblivion and Gears and the promise of Halo coming up and Call of Duty was kind of taken off at that point. Like that was all in Xbox Live was like so superior to PlayStation's online service. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. So like I think early on, that's why Xbox had such a mind share of that generation because it was popular at the beginning. And then then they messed it all up with the Xbox One launch and you know, it's taken this long to turn it around. And I think well, this is it was like the always being on live in the used game debacle that hurt that system. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. And so I think I think now Microsoft is finally like in a position to not maybe challenge PlayStation a little bit. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, they had an amazing showcase. I think Hellblade looks awesome. I think. Yes. Clockwork Revolution looks cool. Fable looks incredible. I can't wait for Fable. Uh, and like that showcase, I think. I think they need to win the Activision Blizzard deal at this point, because if they don't, it makes them look bad. But like they could totally do this without Activision Blizzard. Right. I think the big well, fear. Yeah. I think the big fear now is for someone like Tencent or Embracer to come in and swoop in to buy Activision Blizzard, which is like what nobody wants to. <laughs> I think. Well, and the and the thing about it is, is that what is Sony going to do? Are they going to continue to make exclusive deals even after this? Because this yes. court filing is going is changing everything between I, Microsoft and Sony. See, I don't think any. I don't think anything is going to change. I think. I think Sony's going to still try to acquire people. I know Microsoft said they weren't done trying to acquire studios. This this one's oh, just not, so. I'm just talking about. Oh, I was just talking about the exclusive getting an exclusive no, I know, deals I know, and stuff. I know, but I think if Microsoft continues to acquire studios, and Sony, I mean, obviously Sony doesn't, and PlayStation don't have the cash to throw around the way that Microsoft does, right? Because mm-hmm. like, uh, something like the amount of money Microsoft will make in a quarter will cover this deal. Uh, in like two quarters of Microsoft's business, right? They're just, they have so much going on. Uh, But like, I don't think you can underestimate Sony's purchase of Bungie. I think they've, you know, uh, acquiring Nixus and Fire Sprite to do like PC style stuff. Sony's made some pretty smart acquisitions, whether you think their games are good or not. I think they've made some really smart choices. Uh, and I think they're going to continue to sign deals and I think they're going to buy Square Enix. I think I think the Activision Blizzard deal opens the door for Sony to go buy Square Enix. That's my thought. But and I, I think, think do, but I'm like, is Square Enix re- really are, are they really ready to give up that Nintendo money? Yes. I think with the amount of yes. funding that Sony can provide them. And the way they've kind of been focusing, I mm. think, I think, but also they could do they Square Enix could also do the deal of like, hey, we're going to run alongside PlayStation Studios as our own thing, the way that Bethesda kind of runs alongside Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And they could still put their games on Nintendo, but the p- part of the purchasing uh, deal is you can't put Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest on Xbox. That would be the deal. Right. I th- well, they would have to wait for it for twelve to release. Uh, Dr- Dragon Quest twelve. That's what. I'm, that, yeah. It, it, that's what I'm saying. But like, they could still put like 
whatever the next Octopath game is or whatever the next Tokyo RPG Factory game is. That and, those could all go on of, Switch. And and I literally think Microsoft wouldn't care because of their relationship with Sega and Atlas. Now. I I kind of agree with you, but also like they really do have a Square Enix problem, and I don't know what it is or how it started or mm-hmm. why it's starting, but like they have that that is like a major blow to them. I like. You know, I would have, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, Xbox isn't really missing anything with Square Enix, but like Final Fantasy 16 is like the best game I've played the entire year outside well, of Zelda. It, and it's like, it, I, I, it was the first time, it was the first time in a long time, even with God mm-hmm. of War and Horizon coming out and, you know, all these exclusives that Sony has already. Like, that was really the first time I was like, man. Xbox is missing an exclusive like this that like even with God of War and Horizon I'm like yeah God of War there's games on Xbox that kind of resemble God of War there's game you know Tomb Raider obviously resembles Uncharted you know yeah Yeah. Horizon's an open world game that's amazing but there's a lot of open world games on Xbox that you could you know kind of say okay well I don't have a PlayStation but I have this open world game right but like dude Final Fantasy and 16 is Literally the first time I said, man, Xbox is missing this massive exclusive. And and, and I think that's uh, and I think that's why, because this is the combative thing. And this might be an expansion pass one day that if Sony went with Square purchasing wise, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Microsoft was already going to make that purchase of I'm we're getting Sega because we're getting Atlas. So guess what, Sega? After you release Yakuza, the last Yakuza game, after you release all the Persona stuff, y'all belong to us. Yeah, but Sega already you said they have- weren't. Sega came out today and said they weren't interested in being purchased. Like they came well, out I know. and literally yeah. said that. Although I could totally see, I think that I think the thing Xbox Sega is missing. Everybody, I should say. I mean, I think they did come out and say they have a strong relationship with Xbox, and Xbox seems to care more about Sega than any other of the. Mm-hmm. big three right uh which is pretty obvious i think with the game like them going over there and getting the game pass deals and getting yakuza on the platform and sonic kind of finding a home on xbox really like i think i think they have a great partnership with sega but xbox still needs that foothold in japan they do not have a japanese studio outside of tango gameworks and with with uh uh like that studio could just as easily move west and like i mean a a white guy runs that studio now right so like a white american Mm. person runs that studio so it's really not a japanese studio anymore um in my opinion like yeah it's based in japan but they have a western side and you know that studio you know whatever they need to find they need to find their japanese studio whether it's capcom whether it's Bandai Namco, whether it's, you know, Konami, like I, I think they're going to try to, I think they're going to try to find someone, uh, Koei Tecmo. I think they're going to try to find a studio in Japan that they can purchase. And, and so they can get a foothold in Japan. That's my opinion. But I, I think it's just that Xbox has kind of made themselves too much of an American console. That's well, that's and, and I, but I think Japan. they're trying to get away from that. And mm. the way you do that is have some sort of presence in Japan. Remember the rumor a couple of years ago 
which turned out to be true from this FTC filing, that uh, they were the rumor was they were going to buy Sega and they were in conversations with Sega, and mm-hmm. that so much so that like in the eastern part of the world, Sega was going to distribute the Xbox with a Sega logo on it, just so they could get some sort of foothold over there, right? Which would have been interesting, by the way, but but. Um- I think it would have been interesting, but I'm like, ugh, Sega, what? You going back to the console releases? It, I'm like, well, my, no, I think Xbox, my thing, would, I, Xbox would make the hardware. They would just slap Sega's well, name yeah, on the yeah. box instead of. Well, yeah, but I think it's just like the the effects of the Dreamcast. Hopefully, that has passed away. What's Japan. wrong with the Dreamcast? Dreamcast is awesome. I mean, because Dreamcast was Sega's last console, is what I'm saying. So I hope that the effects from that, if they're going, you know, hopefully that's not resonated with some gamers in Japan. I'm like, do you trust, do gamers in Japan trust Sega to bring out another, uh, that American console from Microsoft? Yeah. That would be, that, that would be the hypothetical. And everything, and I'm not saying oh they shouldn't go with Nintendo because Nintendo will say no, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and everything. Because if Nintendo will be hurt by this, of course there's going to have to be some deals made. But I'm just like, but see, Square like Enix is. I don't think they are though. I don't. I don't think this would affect Nintendo releases at all. I like I, I said. Think I think they're will. gonna. I think Square Enix would run alongside. It would be like. PlayStation Studios, and then you got all their studios, and then you have Bungie, who operates clearly very separately from PlayStation. And I think right. Square would fit in that Bungie area, except for the fact. Before you, I see your mouth moving. Before you talk, <laughs> my point is: is if they bought Square Enix, they would let them run in a silo like Bungie does, except with the caveat that they cannot release any RPGs on Xbox. I think that would be part of the only part of the agreement. I think they would be able to release any sort of, you know, smaller games on Nintendo. I think they would be able to release, you know, Dragon Quest 12 on Nintendo, uh, you know, the potential Chrono Trigger remake, which we've been hearing about for a year now from that NVIDIA leak. Kingdom Hearts 3746 poop stains. (laughs) Whatever that is, I don't know. Like all those games will release on Switch, right? I I, I think I, the deal. I, I think the deal. Would, died, I think I the deal. I disagree with that. I think the deal would be keep these off of Xbox, especially now after this hearing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Oh I. Oh I believe that they'll keep them off of Xbox, but I know Sony. Sony's going to be greedy and they're going to keep it off Nintendo. Uh, yeah, I mean that's probably maybe because true, the thing but... about this. But I'm like, like uh, we spend this money to if they spend this money, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy will be the top selling games. Well, in Dragon Quest, and Dragon Quest will be the top selling games for Sony, and that's going to pull push more sales for the uh for uh PlayStation. But then what happens? Does it get reduced to only about three or five main titles? Do we not? I'm not. I'm not not confirmed stars or anything. But do we not see anything else out of Square Enix? Are we just going to get the fifteen thousand versions of Kingdom Heart 
and then whatever's the next um Final Fantasy and that universe is Dragon Quest going to have like multiple games in the universe? Because like, if you cut them off from Bravery Default and all of these other small games, uh, Triangle Strategy, the deal Field Chronicle, whatever the small. Even the HD, the 2D HD games. If you cut Nintendo off and only make Sony, I mean Square Enix, make these certain games, you're killing their creativity for money. See, I don't, and I don't think you're killing sucks. their creativity. I'm just, I think, I think whatever, I, I think that Nintendo revenue is super important to them. If while they're like not purchased by Sony, but I think whatever mm-hmm. Sony purchased for them and invested that money in, I think whatever they invest in the Square Enix would make up for the loss of Nintendo sales, which granted is a lot. I mean, Octopath Traveler sold it, it, Octopath Traveler and Octopath Traveler two alone. Right. And then like all the, these games that have all the same fonts, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. The font game. The font games, uh, like those all sold really well on Switch as opposed to the consoles, right? But like, I think that I think you're still going to get those experiences on PlayStation. And I think PlayStation wants you to come to PlayStation to buy those games, right? And I think that's PlayStation's goal. But also, I'm still the fact that Square Enix could run in a silo. I don't think so, yeah. I think we'll we'll continue to disagree yeah, we'll, about that. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Maybe Square Enix will just stay out there forever and just make Sony games and never come to Xbox again, which is fine because I like think... I don't I don't need I don't need that. I have Persona. I have you know mm-hmm. uh, um, Atlas's new game. What is it? Memento is coming. Um, yeah, you know Yakuza is finally over it, on Xbox, which I'm. It, Hopefully, in place. I'm not, and I'm not knocking Square or anything. But once they sold Tomb Raider, I'm like, okay, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest is pretty much. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is probably what I have, and whatever small games. But I'm like, a lot of those small games, I need them stay on on Nintendo because if you keep the uh, Square Enix keep their stuff on PlayStation, I'm not gonna be interested anymore. Mm-hmm. You can have all the pretty graphics, but it's not gonna do anything for me. I wish. I actually wish Microsoft would pony up some money after this ABK deal and like mm-hmm. get Crystal Dynamics and Idos Montreal. That's especially because that's what we talked about. Well, especially because we em- Embracer is like <laughs> they're losing money, like they are in financial crisis and they are cutting limbs off left and right to try to mm-hmm. stay afloat right now. And I think. I actually think Microsoft probably would have purchased them both by now if this ABK deal have had gone through. You know, man, this list of the list of studios that Microsoft was eyeballing to purchase incredible list of studios. <laughs> I I had to look at it. I seen like there was a Tom and Jerry like kind of clip, and they had all of the studios, but I didn't even see. I just yeah. know that Sega Square Enix was one mm-hmm. from what Bungie. From what they were looking reported. at Bungie very seriously. And it's funny. I think Microsoft actually. I'm shocked with Bungie. I'm not. I mean, with the promise of Matter and uh, Marathon and the continuation of Destiny and their mobile game that's coming out that's not out yet. But is hold on, hold on, 
Hold on. Like that's a lot of revenue coming in, but also because those games require so much content to keep going, it's a mm-hmm. high, it's a high financial burn rate. So they're going to be spending a lot of money before they're making a lot of money. And I think that's yeah. why Microsoft became timid a little bit uh, because that's like, that's such a huge long-term investment. Whereas like something like call of duty, like and and overwatch have their own kind of thing going on right it's very different than something like destiny right it's it's very different what what the thing i was going i was going to say was that i dot microsoft on bungie when it came to the halo series they did and and so how so did they break the contract and they no, wanted Bungie, to go, Bungie because, wanted to go independent because Microsoft was going to make them make Halo games forever. And so the deal was Microsoft uh, let Bungie buy themselves out under the condition that they made two more Halo games, which were ODST and Reach. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's how they became independent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they made enough money from, you know, financially through Halo and DLC that they could buy themselves out, but the the thing was that they couldn't keep the Halo IP either. So, which clearly because the thing about because I think when Halo first came out and Bungie became the name, I thought Bungie was created within Microsoft. No, Bungie, but Microsoft bought Bungie from Apple. And see, that's the history that I didn't know. Yeah, hey, like, that's why. I mean, between uh. You know, Marathon and and uh, oh, what was it? I want to say Mist, but it's not Mist. Mist is wrong. It was Oni, uh, I think, because Oni was on well, PlayStation that, One. It was like that, was that animate. It was game. Oni was a Bungie third-person shooter developed, or you know, for PlayStation Two and published by Rockstar, mm-hmm. which is like an awful combination of whatever, but. That was but like, they were, but they were still independent. That was like, yeah, they they, still they, they started that project okay. before they were purchased. Uh, okay, but and then Halo was actually supposed to be the follow up to Marathon on Apple computers, and then Microsoft bought Bungie, and it went from, uh, like the reason why the maps in Halo One are so big is because it was supposed to be an RTS. Halo started out as an oh. RTS. And then they made it a third person shooter because they were, you know, trying to figure out the own, like when they were developing Oni, they were like developing third person shooters. And then they pulled it in as a first person shooter. Okay. And then added Halo Wars. Yeah. Halo Wars is like, like Halo Wars is like a spiritual callback to the, what Halo was going to be. Yeah. Okay. Rip ensemble, by the way. So yeah, that's why I didn't know that history. Mm-hmm. I knew of Marathon uh, yeah. because people were talking about it because I had never heard of it, and then they would mention it was Bungie. Yeah, and then I just like only came to mind, um, but I didn't know who developed it. And then when I read that it was Bungie, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. But when Bungie wasn't like a big name, probably in my world because. I never knew those games that they made until Halo came out. And then yeah. when Halo became popular, Bungie's name came popular. Mm-hmm. So that's how I yeah. learned about Bungie because of that. 
yeah, I mean, Halo very clearly put Bungie on the map. I mean, that mm-hmm. I mean, nobody nobody cared about Marathon really. Uh, so it was uh, yeah, and then they got to keep the Marathon name, and now obviously it's becoming an extraction shooter and everything. So it's mm-hmm. a very different game from old school Marathon, but. Quickly, going back to the Square Enix thing, with, with did you believe they put that in their contract? What? That um, they run like, kind of run almost like Bungie in the sense that they could put their games anywhere. If Sony brought Square Enix, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier to our earlier conversation. That's what I was saying. Okay. Um, my. And it's funny because Final Fantasy 16 is only a six month exclusive, according to the FTC filings. So and then it's be... supposed to go to just PC or everywhere. I don't I don't know. I mean, we don't know. Like, that's the thing, because the exclusivity for Final Fantasy seven has been up for a year and a half and it's still not on Xbox. <laughs> so. So it's just on PC. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe Square just doesn't. Maybe I mean it's maybe Square just wants to focus their AAA efforts on one console. I mean that's the whole argument too mm-hmm. of of during the FTC thing is like yeah, developing for one console actually allows us to optimize the game and develop quicker because we don't have to account for three or four separate boxes. We just have to account for the one and make sure it runs really well on this one box. And then if yeah. we want to put it other places, we'll do it later. But, okay. Yeah. I'm Here we sorry, are. Boss. You for right. what? For what? What the Enix thing? No, I I know, but I, I mean, I still think I still think Sony just, has some sort of thing to keep it off of Xbox. I I really do think that, yeah. but I just uh, yeah, I just I just feel like with Jim Ryan and just Sony now when they acquire when they acquire companies, I just feel like they just want to keep stuff off of their competition and keep it on their own uh-huh. because even even when they were talking about like Microsoft talking about Minecraft Sony didn't want to give them a development kit or uh-huh. anything you know I think they had to get a development kit because well there's still no yeah, they had to give there's them. still no PlayStation 5 optimized version of Minecraft it's still the PlayStation but 4 Marcus, oh that's I was thinking of you know what I was thinking about MLB the show because Nintendo would have had to give them a development yeah. kit. I mean, Sony, so- Sony and Microsoft has- had to give theirs. Yeah, Sony has dev kits for both of those systems. And that's because of the MLB. Yeah, but making also that decision. like, yeah, but also that I think that's a different situation though because MLB publishes it on Xbox and Switch, whereas Sony publishes it on PlayStation. And I think yeah. I, I, when but you're dealing with a I think license, just developing right. But when you're de- dealing with a license as big as the MLB, like you, you gotta listen to them, especially because that mm-hmm. that game probably makes them a ton of money, you know. Right. So, so I, I think that's why, because I wonder what would Sony have done to be like, no, we don't, we don't, we won't, won't don't want to do it here. Have your MLB license back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, but that I'm was like, that was. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, the MLB probably said, hey, uh, you're going to put this game on multiple platforms or we're going to not renew our license with you. That's probably what they said, you know, and MLB the show is such a big part of PlayStation. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's like one of those it's like one of those quiet games that sells a ton of copies, you know. And don't nobody. That's why I always get weird about MLB the show. I'm like. Okay, y'all, y'all was hooting hollering about this game. Where the heck is the sale numbers? Yeah. Well, it's funny because they own the it's not it's funny because it's not the uh um what is it called? The 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 place that reports all the sales numbers. MPD? Yeah, it's not called MPD anymore though. It's called something else now. But like when they even, changed it? Yeah. That's why we couldn't <laughs> That's why we couldn't find the numbers. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, starts, I didn't know that. It starts with a C or something now. I forget what it's called. Uh, but like. Party customer or something. <laughs> um, they only report PlayStation sales of that game. Because that's all Sony will give them. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. And like over 70% of this of the game. Like. Like users on Xbox play it through Game Pass, I think something yes. something ridiculous yeah. like that. Maybe it's not that high, but that's what I was reading somewhere. So yeah, because Microsoft like they really market that game through for Game Pass. Like, I know, which is I, hilarious. I, do I've never seen like a copy of that game physically before in the stores. Um, and I know Nintendo does do does do it. Um, at times, and then I think like after a month or a month and a half is over, they start advertising it. Um, but even if if you don't cop it in the store, like the physical version, good luck. Go ahead and get, buy the digital version and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Because like people bought the like, I think the Switch version did good numbers when they first brought it. Uh, but I think we got it late before everybody else. Yeah, but I, 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 no, we got it on the same day. It came out day and date. Switch version did. I thought it came in April and Microsoft had it in March. No, it came out, it came out day and date. I'm like 99% sure it came out day and date. I'm probably, I'm thinking of last year's version. I don't know. Because they skipped, they skipped that one year when they first made that deal. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when the Switch version came, it was like that following. I think it was like 22. Yeah. Uh, well, Corey, um, anything else? You know, uh, um, kind of touched on some stuff. One way for is Game Boy Color Classic Extreme Sports comes to Switch this August. I wonder if that's the game that they were talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I doubt it. Um, um, no, but I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it's one o'clock. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, that's going to be it for, um, Nintendo power block. I like, we, we really wanted to touch on, um, the next gen stuff mm-hmm. and kind of the stuff that was said, we ported at the FTC Microsoft, um, court battle, um, me and Corey was very spirited and fired up, <laughs> I would say. Uh, I think we just, I, 
I don't know if you agree with this, Corey, but I think we're just both passionate to see what Nintendo is doing next and ready to see what they're going to give us. Because, of course, it's going to create a lot of discussion. But we're we're going to be back into theory land where the possibilities of stuff happening on their next-gen console and what could come from it. Yeah. I also, I think, I think, um, I think the biggest thing with Switch, though, like, aside from just being excited for new Nintendo hardware, is like the security on the Switch has just been totally broken open. You know, um, mm-hmm. people emulating. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> even people we know uh, are running Metroid Dread at 4K, 60 frames a second, <laughs> uh, on their whatever they're playing on, right? And it's like. That's the thing now is like that. That would be the reason I think Nintendo wants to put out a new console above everything else is just because the switch is mm-hmm. so broken open. Uh, yeah. And. I th- security Nintendo's always been really good about security for the most part, and somehow like the launch switch had that. Remember, they had that kernel in their code that just allowed everybody to break it open. So like really the only version of switch that's you can break open is the launch switch, but like you it's still like relatively easy to dump those roms onto a pc and manipulate them uh and i mean we're getting incredible versions of breath of the wild though right i mean the wii u is super cracked open too right like the 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 version of breath of the wild everybody's emulating is the wii u version and it's running at like 8k 120 frames a second with ray tracing and like updated textures and draw distance. It's, it's incredible what the people have done with that game. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the next gen Nintendo. We, I just, I just remember when we were doing the show, when the switch came out and how excited we were. Um, and just the anticipation and hoping that, it wasn't a flop like the Wii, like the Wii U. Uh, even though we both love our Wii U's, and mine's still hooked up actually yes. uh, for three reasons. But uh, I'm excited for a new Nintendo console. I I can't wait for people to actually start talking about it, and we can kind of speculate and uh, look at the weird kind of you know bad photoshops of people making their versions or like you know, oh we we need to actually see i, I gotta look up all the history of fan-made nintendo systems i mean remember the, remember <laughs> we when, should discuss them remember when they said like that there was going to be a controller attached to the screen and then somebody did the like that disc shaped that oval shaped thing with the yeah the sticks in the middle and like the touch buttons and everybody thought that that was the console and everybody was freaking out. And, uh, it turned out just to be like, a, a somebody had like what 3d printed something and kind of did yeah. a really great job of like j- Photoshopping it, but like, it was still like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that didn't happen because it was all based off that drawing, that patent drawing. Right. So, yes. Uh, uh I have two requests for Nintendo, though. One, get rid of the Joy-Cons. Keep the controllers attached to the system. And two, put some power in the dock so we can get some high frame rates and, you know. Yes. 
something. I, I almost wonder, like, I know we, I know we got to go. It's getting super late and I'm super tired, but I almost wonder if their deal with NVIDIA, if NVIDIA is going to have some sort of like thing in the dock, like some sort of almost graphics card esque style thing, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, some, something that will help boost. And then it, it, and like you look at the, the ROG ally, I wonder if it's going to be something similar where like, it works great on the go, but if you want more power, you can plug something into the bottom of it. And that would be obviously the dock for the switch, uh, to have some sort of boost in power and, and whatever fidelity and everything. So anyways, I'm going to stop talking because so that, <laughs> yeah. Cause I was about to say, I wonder if there could be like some memory card to boost the system, but there's like a chip, what, like, the, like the Saturn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or like the N64, actually... the expansion pack. <laughs> oh, Dude, man. what if you could do that with an SSD card? Like, like a... just popping in like oh. a memory chip. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to bed. Okay. Get me out of here. <laughs> Help. <laughs> well, everybody, that's going to be it for it. <laughs> for this Nintendo uh, pop block. I hope everybody have a great uh, had a great July 4th weekend. Hopefully you did have a great July 4th also. Uh, we will be back uh, hopefully with a full show. Once again, thank you, Corey, for joining me on this discussion. A full show. We, what, this, what do you call this? We went for almost two hours. <laughs> I mean, mini block. <laughs> Still. This, felt like, this really felt like an old school episode, though. Like, Yes. <laughs> Getting straight to the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> With that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woohoo! Goodbye. Nintendo Power Block is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. The show is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co hosts are Corey Derrick and Cordy Yikes. You can find Corey at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. You can find Cordy at Cordy underscore Yikes on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find me at that Retrico on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Nintendo Power Block on all social media platforms at Power Block Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network, Discord, and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Visit BossRush.net for more great content and Patreon.com slash BossRushMedia to learn how you can support this show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.